We asked our listeners, who do they think are the top five Premier League right-backs of all time in history? So we're going to talk about that today. We are going to discuss and debate your guys' top five list. We've amalgamated every single person's answer, including uh, my list and Gasky's list. And we are going to discuss each one in turn and then just have a chat about the players. Do they deserve to be in this ranking? How were they regarded as a player and that sort of thing. So before we even start, this is not my list. This is not Gasky's list. So I don't want anyone to be shouting at us, having a go saying you're, you're biased, etc. This is your guys' yeah, list. So you, can, you can only blame this, yourself. We use, we use an algorithm to do this. This is all maths. Yes. Based on viewers' positions that they've done. Exactly. So, exactly. Don't come at us. Mm-hmm. Don't, yeah. Don't come at me. Don't come out. Don't come at Gasky. Yes, this, this, we asked our Patreon supporters, who do they think the top five Premier League right backs of all time before we even start on the actual top five list gasky let's just mention some of the players who didn't quite make the list uh, but still probably deserve a little bit of a, a shout out uh, fr- from the yeah. old, from the older generation we've got lee dixon and lauren and uh, lauren both of uh, arsenal's uh, fame gasky in fact you had lee dixon in your yeah uh, i did that five. was fine yes these are the um you know arsenal invincible era you know uh, late 90s Great, great right backs. Not as well known as some more modern ones. Not play as many games potentially, but they were, you know, brilliant fullbacks at the time. And obviously, younger generation won't know who they were, but they were the one. They were the fullbacks that were most known. Yeah, absolutely. You went with Dixon. I went with uh, Loren just because of the Arsenal Invincible season, obviously. Uh, Cesar Aspilicueta is another player who didn't quite make mm. this top five list. But again, I do think he's a decent shout out because he, he I don't know how many seasons he spent at Chelsea. I feel like it's a, um, at least I 10. He, I, th- I think 11, 2012, I think he joined. Yeah. And he joined he, the year before they won the Champions League. Mm, and he's only just recently, was it last season he, he left? just let, oh, he left this year? This year? Oh, this year. Oh, oh yeah. of course. Yeah. So... Yeah, so that, that's more than 10 years, yeah. And I think he originally actually came uh, to be like an Ashley Cole alternative replacement. So I think he actually came as a left-back. Yeah, I think he came as a left-back, played centre-back, and then ended up at right-back. He just moved his way across the back four. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he was a right-back, wing-back, and then to the, towards the end of his career, like sometimes filled in at centre-back. Uh, so yeah, I think he's a, it was Chelsea's captain for a long period of time. Uh, obviously was their captain when they won the Champions League uh, in 2021. So yeah, he's a decent shout as well. Uh, and then yeah. I think someone's got a little bit confused because they put Kieran Trippier, um, who, who who should I not mean, be near this list. I don't know. I mean, he's a good right back, but like this is a top five, not a top 20 or something. No, yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Look, if we want to do top five current players in the Prem, he'd be easily be in there. Then but, sure. You know, all time, there's plenty of other options. Yeah, there are some strong names yes, uh, yes. on this list. And we shall start with uh, number five, shall we? Start with number five. And speaking of big, the man with the biggest booty in Premier League history, potentially, Branislav Ivanovic. Gasky. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I'm a little bit surprised that he's come as far down as fifth. Um, yeah, potentially. I he was. I wouldn't put him anywhere higher than third. No, well, where, where did you have him? I had him at fifth. Okay, tell me more then, tell me more. Because it was difficult with the rest. Uh, great player. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, I think he got a Champions League. He did. Yes, 2012, yeah. Um, you know, he Chelsea won titles with him. He, was, he wasn't an exciting right back. No. But he was a brute. He was a brute. He was an Eastern European brute. Well, I, t- and I, I tell you what, he would be arguably perfect for City's current setup 
because he actually came in as a centre back initially. Yeah, and that and that's why he's such an un, un you know a non traditional right back because he was a centre back who was then moved to right back. So you're quite yeah, right. Even in that era, like with the you know the last decade of the changing of how you know the, you know how like play styles are coming out and things like that, and he's so doesn't fit that really. But he was just he was a brilliant player. You know he, he did he did a bit of everything playing right back, and it was yeah I thought he was a brilliant player. Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Yeah, his ass was massive, as yeah. I say, and that is that does matter because I remember reading an article by Yaya Torre, another man with a, with a big bum in football, and that's a big part about you know a, a footballer's strength and being able to like you know if if you're jocking the ball out of play, it's really good to use yeah. your glutes in that way. Um, but yes, uh, so him being a centre back at right back basically meant he was very good defensively. It uh, wasn't a slouch offensively. You know, he wasn't just like a. It wasn't bad yeah, going forward. It wasn't a pushover. No, he was by any yeah, means. He scored, and he put the, and he scored some goals. Yeah, he scored some important some goals, goals as well. Yeah, very important like, goals. I, th- yeah. I think I remember. Was it? Did he score one in the Europa League final? I think, for example. Um, yeah, he, yeah. I remember rightly, he did. And yeah, he's just just a big bloke. A big bloke. <laughs> a very big bloke yeah. for a right back. I I, I remember um, because he because it's such a unique profile for a right back really whenever Chelsea would come to the Etihad in that sort of like you know like the early to like mid tens season what they would do is oh without fail so cliche would be the left back normally and like the goal kick what Chelsea would do is they push everyone high up the pitch and then they just stick Ivanovic on cliche so Ivanovic would go from right back all the way to right wing and that was Clearly, a, a, and then the goalkeeper would punt it up to Ivanovic yeah. who would every single time out muscle and out and out jump cliche, and then they'd win the ball possession from there. So it's, it's a very good utility in, in that respect as well. To mm. really unique yeah, it, skill it, sets, and it works, doesn't it? Because not many teams use that um, having that big. Because obviously now, even Newcastle have it now with Dan Byrne, where he's just a big guy at fullback, and it, and in certain situations it does work perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think even the game I'm thinking of, I think he actually scored that day against well, City yeah. as well. There we go. So. Yeah, it, yeah. So it when it wasn't the quickest, but when he got going, it was pretty tricky to stop him. Uh, to oh, be fair, house. Yeah. So I yeah. think Chelsea fans would probably have him higher, which is fair enough. I personally yeah. had him at fourth, but you know, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. He shouldn't go past third. I feel, I feel that's right. I feel that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some of these bigger names who have uh, done more. Absolutely. And coming in at fourth. Now this is <laughs> sort of controversial. Because he did not appear on my list. No, I not on mine either. This yeah. is this to me is this is recency bias. For yeah. Me, it might personally. be a bit of recency bias and maybe a bit of, you know, right back not being a sexy option, so there aren't too many other names. Exactly. Um uh, number four is Trent Alexander Arnold. Now we've spoken about Trent a lot on this podcast. <laughs> we've had a lot, we've had a lot. Yes, we have. If you've if you've uh, listened to Throughout the year, yes, there are a lot of Trent's not a not a favourite over here at the Dobcast. No, not, not at right back anyway. Um, no. In a, in in a defensive manner, if that yes, makes sense. Yes. Um, I there now the reason why I look, I can understand why he's on here because in the 2020 season, especially, you know, he was unbelievable. Even last season, he was just getting assist after assist. He was fantastic, but. Last, but but in the twenty two twenty three season, the most recent season, and even before then, uh, more, more so in the twenty two twenty three season, it's pretty obvious that this guy is a massive liability defensively, and yes. it's as simple as I refuse to put on a defender who cannot defend 
in a top five defenders list? No. So I'd, I'd be fair and say he's because fullbacks do both roles, and that's common throughout the whole of the Premier League era. Top 10, I'd probably say yes. Yeah, I'll have him 10. I'd have him top 10. But I wouldn't have him in the top five. No chance. Not at all. Like, in the last, what, four four years? Four years he's been, like, in the top of his game in terms of getting all these assists and records as a fullback. Mm. And I wouldn't say that's enough to push out a lot of other players who are good at at both. Both attacking and defending. So yeah. I just think I just think it's crazy. It's recency bias at the end of the day. I mean, Premier League's been going for what is it? What we at now? Twenty one years, and someone in the last four is is in there who has not who has he was under scrutiny a lot of the time. So yeah, just 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 over thirty years. The Premier League. Years, um, I think Trent's been a relevant player at Liverpool since around twenty eighteen. I think I think it was the seventeen mm. eighteen season where he had his first big break. Uh, so. If we're to say that's five years, at least yeah. at least one, probably even two of those, he was borderline bad, poor. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think there's been nearly enough time. I also don't think there's been nearly enough quality shown uh, over that period of time. If you want to have a conversation about, you know, the best individual season, then sure, we can talk about the 2020 season, whatever. But in terms of an all-time list and, and a best ever in history list, it's it's one too early. Two, it's not been consistent enough. And three, there are those issues that we can't ignore in respect of defensive yeah. lapses and defensive liability. Of, of the position, yeah. Yeah. Now, hey, if this is a top five Premier League inverted right back list of, you know, a right back going into <laughs> midfield, then maybe that's a different conversation because his offensive prowess is not in like, question. Like you and I have never uh, had a go with him for being bad going forwards. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's not it's not the ha- just hating on Trent for the sake of it. Like we'll always defend, I always say he's one of the best crosses of the ball in the in the league. And he's attacking wise, he's fantastic, but you're a fullback. Mm. You know, that that's brilliant, but you need to be able to you need to be trusted to do your defensive role as well, which he's not. Yeah. And it makes you think that season when they won the league and the Champions League when he was amazing, how good were the defense centre backs in that situation? Because was Trent just good, actually capable or was it just that the defenders were amazing and Fabinho was amazing covering him? Yeah. So it's an interesting question. I think it's a bit yeah. of both, to be honest. Um, I do think that, you know, Liverpool's defence and midfield has suffered and therefore Trent's game has suffered from a system perspective. But but yeah, I agree with you. I do think there is some individual uh, ownership that has to be taken there. It's too, too often he gets caught out. His spatial awareness isn't good yeah. enough from a defensive standpoint. Uh, so... Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, in fact, if we just like consult the list, I think a couple of people had Trent top of their list. Um, that now, you know, read into that whatever you will. That the one person who did have Trent at the top is a Liverpool fan, so you can read yeah. into that whatever you will. But, but yeah, I, I'm, um, I, I don't think he should be in this top five. If you want him in the top five, I think fifth at the absolute highest for me. Yeah, I can't see him going any higher than fifth. Now, maybe at the end of his career, though, we can have, we can have that conversation. You never know. Like end of his career, longevity will come into it because exactly. he started at such a young age that that will, because in my opinion, one of the players that is going to come up in this list, longevity does put him high for me. So, yes. you know, that that's also a reason I think. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, totally agree. I totally agree. And now coming in at number three is Pablo Zabaleta. 
Manchester City's uh, <laughs> right back warrior the, uh, um, and a, a massive uh, club legend and cult hero uh, based on what he won, but also like on how he um, just really appreciated and took on like the whole culture of Manchester and basically became a Mancunian in himself and, and sees himself as a City fan and a Mancunian, which is great. Uh, talk to me about Zabaleta, uh, Gasco, because I think you had him in third place. Uh, as, and I, there he is I, in third. I had, I had him in third. Uh, I would say he's probably one of the heavily underrated players in Premier League history based on when you talk about players in every position, you don't mention Zabaleta, but people don't tend to. I mean, obviously when you're talking about right backs, the name comes up, but otherwise you don't, but he was just good all round player. You know, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't going forward. wasn't gorgeous. Defending wasn't gorgeous, but he did, he did everything. He was like them. So when you get them, you get them centre midfielders who are grafters, who are not, not exciting, but grafters. He's that at right back. Yeah. And you know, he, he won every, he won pretty much everything we say. He was, yeah, like I said, he was the key key player in that right-back position. And, yeah, very important player under the radar because he's not an exciting position. Yeah, definitely. Um, he, yeah, he wasn't a flashy player. He wasn't a goal scorer. You know, for example, you know, in that 11-12 season where we won the title, his first goal and only goal of the season was in that QPR game. So he wasn't renowned for being a goal scorer. Yeah. Um, he wasn't renowned for you know, putting in fantastic balls into the box. He, he was capable of going forwards in a fantastic fashion, but yeah, it was just his overall, it was just his overall game. He wasn't a liability defensively. He wasn't a liability offensively. He was just a really solid, solid player. And he was consistent as well. I think that, I think consistency goes yeah. a long way because I think he was at City for nine years, maybe. And aside from his, final season like which is which was Pep's first season where he was clearly past it and you know couldn't be that player anymore he was yeah. never bad like he never had a bad season in fact it, it was the, sorry go on you're going to say something I was, just, I was just going to say I was just going to say yeah I agree no, never had a bad season I don't think there was any point when you'd think that, that he's past it yeah but he left and I feel like he left at the right time Definitely. leave as, a, as that legend 100% 100% and I just think of that the season where United won the title in 12-13 and like, you know, loads of players underperformed. Zabaleta was the only one who didn't drop his level and he actually improved his level and he, and he became the out and out starting right back. And then, he, you know, he took Micah Richards out of the starting 11 for good. I, I think he got PFA team of the year that, that year, actually, you know, that when City were not yeah. good enough to win the title. So yeah, an absolute warrior for City, fantastic player, um, arguably, could be second on this list. I think. I think. Yeah. Se- I think. To be fair, I think second and third on this list yeah. are, are very but close. I, I, think, I think. I think one's clear, but two and three is like you could add either. Exactly, hundred percent. Yeah, and that's what I th- that's what we've done. To be fair, yeah, um, yeah pretty much. So I think, yeah, I think you put you put him second, didn't you? And I put him third. Yes, so exactly. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I, I don't mind either way because I think it is very yeah. Uh, close. But yeah, uh, uh, Pabzab, as I say, you know, a city legend. He's probably. I think we'll do a future video on city legends, maybe. But for me, he's. He's in that second tier of legends. You know, like the first tier is obviously you know, Aguero, Vincent Company, yeah. David Silver, etc. But just below that, like, like, a, like an unsung hero type level. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like he, he's in the same tier alongside like Zabaleta, Yaya Torre, Joe Hart, that sort of yeah. level. So yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely fantastic. And good to see him get his flowers because, as you say, I do think he has been a bit underrated, uh, to yeah. be honest, and he's gone a bit under the radar. De- definitely, definitely. Now. You mentioned longevity. Coming in at number two is, you know, Mr. Longevity question. Now, is he a longevity merchant? 
<laughs> no, no, he's not. But we'll talk about that now. Uh, Gary Neville in yes. second place. Uh, huge legend for Manchester United. Won everything uh, is, is to possibly win with them. Was at the club for, I don't even know how many seasons. Oh, uh, 92 till... Like tw- 2008, 20, was it? 2009? 2009, nine, something like that. But very long time. Yeah. Like, what is that? Like 15 years? 16, plus. 16 years. Like and, and he was obviously there from a youth player as well. Yeah. And he was like their captain for a period. Um, now, I think there's, I think a little bit of revisionist history has happened with Gary Neville, to be fair, to his detriment, because I think that a lot of people maybe only remember sort of like late Gary Neville, where he was a little bit. Mid 30s, where the. Get foot, the game of football in the Premier League is evolving and he's a 90s player. Yeah. yeah. And also he's old. Um, yeah, exactly. And, exactly yeah. yeah. And I think in his last season, I think he was injured for basically all of it. I think the last two seasons, he barely played. Yeah. Like he, was, he wasn't in a lot. Yeah. So I think that people see that, they see the number of appearances, they see the quality of the team he had around him. Yeah. And I think they sort of try to pick on Gary Neville as sort of like the weak link in that team. And, you know, like, oh, he's, yeah. he's only in these conversations because he was there for so long, which is true to an extent. But I do think, as I said, I think there's a bit of revisionist history. And I think that he's, um, he's being underrated and undersold as an actual footballer. What Do, do you agree with that, Gasco? Yeah, no, definitely. Because like you said, you know, you talked talk about it with Trent with the whole recency bias. It's kind of the opposite. You people have seen the end of his career and judge that, like you said. But he played from '92, and the United, the '90, the decade where United dominated, he was immense. He was a brilliant fullback. You know, he was. You know, that was because that was the game. That was the the game in the '90s. He wasn't. You know, flashy. I can run 90 mile an hour up the wing and swing it in the box. He was. He always had me. He was useless. At shooting, he was useless. Not really useless at crossing, but you know he's useless at shooting. Yeah, and getting the. I think mean, I think there's a there's a, probably a viral clip of him missing an easy chance of like two yards out. Yeah, because he's just he's like what he's you know he made the joke about the nosebleeds like going forward. But he was just simple, pretty much pretty much similar to Sabaleta. He was just always there, doing his job. Barely, rarely had bad games. If the team had a bad game, he obviously everyone does. But he would rarely have a bad game. He'd always be Mister Consistent and. Like I would say, he gets uh, second for me over Zabaleta for longevity. He was there longer. You know, you have the arguments on who's better players in other positions, and you go off. He's done it more often. Whereas that's probably the reason I put Neville above him is he's done it longer. If Zabaleta came to City earlier, he'd potentially go above him. But that's basically why I, how I would um, put him in second. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And yeah, I think that you know, you mentioned his crossing. Like he had a really nice link-up play with David Beckham in particular yeah. on that right-hand side. He was solid there. Uh, rarely made mistakes. You know, obviously there's that iconic one that he did um, in like the last Manchester derby at uh, Main Road, but that, that was that was few and far between compared to like the seasons upon seasons they did put him where he was. A quality player, even like, you know, their run to the treble in 99, he was um, uh, incredibly good in that season as well. Uh, don't, I don't know exactly how many times he was included in the team of the year, but it must have been, you know, three, four, five times yeah. at least, surely. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that we have mentioned before, younger fans might not, well, they'll only know him for being a pundit, won't they? Um, well, yeah, majority, really, yeah, because he was a pundit from probably 2012 or something, 2013. Yeah, exactly. He's been a pundit for a long time, so. Exactly, so, yeah, they might see the number of appearances and just go, oh, it's just because he played loads and that does come into it, but yeah. there was a really good player in there yeah, as well, obviously. Uh, and, and even for England, he played well for us, so yeah, shout yeah. out to him for that. 
But coming in at number one, Gasky, the mm. the uh, Knobcast community number one is also the same as our number one, and it's by a by a fair margin of the people we asked. I think it was bar two people. Yeah, I think only I think two bar people two didn't put him exactly. First. Everyone else put this man first, and the reason why we're doing this uh, t- today is because you know Kyle Walker potentially leaving Manchester City and. In our number one is obviously Kyle Walker. So that's why I wanted to talk about him uh, today and right backs because of the links to Bayern Munich. But yeah, I, I think that we just talked about, you know, how good Neville and Zabaleta were. But in my opinion, this isn't really a debate and it's by, by a fair margin. I think that Kyle Walker should hopefully be most people's number one all yeah. time. Yeah. See, for me, you look at, like you said, with both of them, like Zabaleta and Neville weren't flashy. They weren't amazing footballers mm. but they were the, always 7 out of 10 you get a 7 out of 10 every game from them but Kyle Walker just okay liable to errors but he was you'd get he's constantly 9 out of 10 constantly for both defensively and offensively and yeah it's just I think I feel like it's the difference between Walker and Neville and Zabaleta is, is quality he's a much better footballer does the same, the same stuff as the other two but he's just better yeah Definitely. He's also got that longevity going for him because it's not just the yep. time at City as well. I think like people forget. He was, he was brilliant at Tottenham. He was fantastic at Spurs. Yeah. He was a very, in fact, he was a very different player at Spurs. He was much more offensive and gunk. Yeah. He was younger, obviously, and he was tasked with getting forwards and, you know, using his explosive pace to get forwards and help his yeah. team attack. Um, whereas at City, like, he still does that on occasion, but yeah. at City, he's more, I think he's more associated with being more of a defensive but he's that adapted player. to that now, hasn't he? And it's probably yeah. where the mistakes come from is, you know, your game hasn't always been defensively. Yeah. So. But it, but I think that that goes in his favour, the fact that, you know, he spent like what, I don't know how many seasons it was exa- exactly, something like, you know, seven odd full seasons yeah. at Spurs, whereas being this more offensive right back comes into City. Um, as soon as he signs for City, you know, we, we, it would become the Centurions and the, and the uh, domestic quadruple winners. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he's st- still sometimes goes forwards, but he is more tasked with being more conservative and adapting yeah. to his game and changing so his I, role. I would say the I would say the opposite. Well, you said then, like he was, it benefits him. I don't think it is. I think it makes him a better player because I think it's harder to learn defensively than than offensively. Oh yeah, that, that's what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. So him having to, but look, like I'm not having to dig at him, but look at Trent for example. He struggles. Yeah. Because it's harder to do, you know. It's, I think it's easy to teach offensively. So, like Wan Bissaka, for example, I think it'll be easier for him to get better attacking than defending because he's already brilliant at defending. But you know, to learn the defensive side, Walker's proved that if you can do it, you become the best fullback, which is what Trent potentially could be if you can somehow figure out how to defend. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I absolutely so. right. I I remember in like I think his first proper season was 2012. He won young. I remember being annoyed because Aguero should have won Young Player of the Year that year, yeah. but Walker did win Young Player of the Year that year, so he obviously was a very was still a very good player. He scored this ridiculous free kick. Uh, I, I remember uh, he took it off Van der Vaart and he just it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. I can't remember who it was against, but it was brilliant. And yeah, um, he is de- definitely you know in that sort of like second tier yeah. of City legend for sure. Because um, I, I remember as well, I think it was it might have been twenty. 18 World Cup or just before it or something like that. I remember not what I'd see with an England shirt because you just make mistakes yeah. and you'd wind me up because you just constantly just like, you'll give the ball away or just like misjudge a pass. But now he's at the top because yeah, yeah he's just been brilliant last, last 
five years. Yeah, and he was even he, he was even he, he can't speak. He was even able to play at centre back for England yeah. in that period as when well. Needed when needed as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it, it, it does seem like we're approaching the end for Walker in terms of you know teaching an old dog new tricks. Like you know, he was this offensive outlet at Spurs, still that at City, but more focused on defending. And now Pep's like asking for even more of him by going, yeah, but now you've got to play midfield. And he's like, well, I, I can't do that. Like, stop, stop, Brian. I mean, I'm over 30 now. Stop it. Yeah, I, I can't. That's, that's probably why he like Stones. Like, this don't you do it now. <laughs> but he, he don't want to do it. Yeah, so he might be approaching the end for Walker no, through yeah. no fault of his own, really. He's still a fantastic fullback and right back. It's just because, you know, Pep's decided he doesn't like fullbacks anymore and now he wants them to be midfielders mm. or centre-backs. So, but yes, I, I think that if this is the last season for Walker, he surely leaves as the greatest right back in Premier League history. Not only from what he did at Spurs, but from his, but from what he's done and won uh, at City going forwards, defending, and also he's a leader as well. I think that's undersold. Like he's one of our captains at City, yeah. and you mentioned that he does sometimes make rash uh, decisions. He is a very aggressive player, so it does come with the territory, but. There aren't many players like I remember when, like it was. Um, I say I remember like it was so long ago. It was just the, the the World Cup against France. I know we lost that game, but so much build up beforehand was you know oh, Mbappe is going to be scary, scary. Whatever. I was not concerned about Mbappe for one well, no, I don't, moment. I don't get, exactly, yeah, because you know when we you know Walker. you've got that player. Exactly, he was always because Mbappe was quite that game. Really. Yeah. Because of Kyle Walker. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And even this season in the Champions League, Vinicius Junior, oh, this terrifying player. Da, 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 and when it was when it was one v one Walker Vinicius, it was Walker winning those duels every single time. So yeah, it's it's a shame that if this is the end, but he's he's surely leaves as like the best right back yeah. uh, in Premier League history. I would I would say so for sure. So we've got two City players in this top five. Fullbacks fullbacks were fullbacks were boring early noise. Nothing <laughs> <laughs> exciting. Wes Brown. Where's Brown? John O'Shea. <laughs> well, yeah, speaking of centre-backs, uh, right-back. Uh, but yes, anyway, guys, uh, that was uh, ours and indeed your uh, top five uh, Premier League right-backs of all time. Uh, if you would like to get involved, uh, then feel free to sign up to the Patreon. That is how you uh, take part and contribute to these podcasts. And do also make sure to follow the Knobcast so you all stay updated uh, for whenever we release uh, another podcast. Without... Without further ado, what's the opposite of without further ado? Because you say without further ado for an oh, intro, don't you? Without, um, I don't know how you close up. With, with, all, with all of the ado. We want <laughs> all of the ado. I could do, do, do. Yeah. I've been Nobbins. I've been Gasky. And we'll see you guys next time. Goodbye.